and welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the show where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. And I have a really fun treat for you today. I interview Karina, the owner of Honeypress NC, a small, highly curated stationary online shop with some pop-up locations as well, based in North Carolina. And I hope you really enjoy hearing her story. I know I really did. So here she is. I am so excited to have Karina from Honey Press with us today. I have wanted to have Karina on for quite some time, and she is going to tell you all about her wonderful, both online and physical pop-up shop called Honey Press. So without further ado, Karina, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yay! Hi! I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. But yeah, so Honey Press, it's really hard to get into it without kind of telling you my life story. But just kind of as a brief overview for those of you who are like, what the heck is Honey Press? What is it? So it is a stationery and gift shop, but there's a heavy emphasis on Japanese and Asian stationery as well as other stateside creatives and artists uh, who have you know, those snarky and quirky cards and stickers and candles and all of that. So, but yeah, like I said, in order to kind of dive into it, I really have to tell you my life story, but in a nutshell, I promise it won't be long. No, you totally can. <laughs> I, I actually would love the life story. Please. <laughs> so I grew up in California, Bay Area. So San Jose, Silicon Valley, all that fun stuff. And actually, no, sorry. I was born in California. I was raised in North Carolina. So I have to make that differentiate that. So I lived there up until the age of like 11 or 12. And in it, it was just, it's a bubble over there. It really is because my parents are immigrants from the Philippines. And so as such, you know, there's this bubble of Asians. So it's heavily populated. I would have never known that I was a minority there. Like I remember going to private school, there was one or two white kids in my class. And I was just like, okay, cool, whatever. And of course the culture is everywhere. So you have like the Asian markets, you have the Asian stationery stores, you have Sanrio. I mean, Hello Kitty, like Hello Kitty is literally only on the West Coast. <laughs> so <laughs> you have, so they had like all those little Sanrio stores and you know, that's kind of how, I think my first piece of stationery were these little like comment, uh, like personal info cards where you could put your nickname and your contact information. I got those in first grade. I thought I was the coolest kid around handing those out. So random. And were they Hello Kitty themed? Like, did they? They were Hello Kitty themed. Uh, They had like the little characters on them. And I remember in like fifth grade, we have these things called reinforcements for binder paper if anyone still uses that. And they're so boring. So like I would, me and my friend, we would just color it in. And I offhandedly said, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to have a store where people can decorate and have fun stationary items like this. And I didn't think it was a thing. And I was just kind of like one, one of those offhanded comments that you don't really dig up until much later on in life. So I moved over to North Carolina after kind of the big economic bust over there. So we were relocated in North Carolina. And that was a huge culture shift for me because I went from being part of the majority to a strong minority. I think I was the only Filipino kid in my class. And that was all the way up until even through college. 
And, you know, back in the day, so I live in the Triangle in Cary, it's heavily populated with Asians now, but back then it was sparse. Like you had to drive like 45 minutes to the nearest Asian market. There wasn't a heavy Asian influence on any of the businesses around. Like you look at it now, there's like five or six different boba shops that you can go to. That was not in existence. I had to drive an hour for for pho. And so it it was just a really stark difference to what I, I was used to. And it was actually, it was a horrible time for me to move because it was right smack dab in the middle of middle school. And I, you know, everyone already has their friends. They have their little cliques. And I know nothing. I'm going from a private school to a public school, uniforms to dressing myself, which I didn't know how to do. And so it was the first time I encountered bullying. It was the first time I encountered racism of any kind. And, you know, as a 12-year-old, you're starting to comprehend these these really complex things. And it's really hard to deal with. And so I always it was always told but to kind of like lay low, shake it off, like don't make a big to-do about it. And, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the culture. It's like, you know, it's like we have this model minority myth that's thrust upon us that, you know, as long as you keep your head down, as long as you just go with the flow, ignore the haters, and do focus on you, you'll be fine. So that kind of shaped how I grew up in terms of how I, I assimilated. I hate to say it, but I assimilated because I didn't really have that community around me. So, you know, I would, <laughs> we would joke, which is a terrible joke, that I was the whitewashed Asian of our friend group because, you know, there oh my goodness. Asians around me. <laughs> and it was like, it's like, I didn't learn my, my native language. I didn't really partake in any of the customs. It was something that I was just like, this is just how life is. And this is how I'm going to survive. And so again, all the way through college, I ended up going to, um, grad school for higher education because I didn't know what else to do with my life. And I was like, I was actually pre-med for a hot spell because, you know, that's the thing that a good Asian kid is supposed to do. And after a year and a half in organic chemistry, I was just like, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for me. I'm not going to do it. But yeah, I went to higher education because I was really involved in all of my school clubs. And even, even with doing orientation and all the diversity trainings and Greek life, like, it was weird. I kind of steer clear of the, which is a terrible thing for me to do at the time. And now that I look back on it, I steer clear of the cultural organizations because I was like, I don't feel Asian enough to be a part of this community. I have not immersed myself in the culture. So it doesn't feel right for me to be advocating for these things. I'm not, it's like, I'm not one of you, but I'm not one of them. So I'm kind of in this weird in between. And even in college, the fact that my mindset was still stuck like this, like that, that was heavily problematic. And, you know, it's things that we're working on nowadays with our current college students, but, you know, it's still a recent shift and change that uh, we're working towards, you know, kind of that self-acceptance. And so, yeah, I went to higher education. My husband is active duty military. So I kind of, like, I didn't even think about the stationary business. It was kind of just like, oh, this is my hobby. I love planners. Planners make me feel like I have my life together. Even as I'm talking to you now, I look around my guest room slash makeshift office and there's stuff all over the floor. Like you would only know or only think that I'm organized by looking at my planner. But then when you look at my room and you're like, 
what is this? <laughs> it's like, this is not, this is not really you. But I like to say, if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. So <laughs> kind of like fast forward. So again, my husband's active duty military. So we moved away from North Carolina. We were lucky to be in Tampa for a long while. And that's where I was introduced to Paper Source, which we'll get into Paper Source in a little bit. Oh, I love this story. This is so fascinating. And by the way, yeah, if anybody is listening and thinking, oh, she must have gone to college in the Stone Age, Karina's not very old. So maybe <laughs> give us a little time frame for this. Oh, yeah. So I went to college. My undergrad was 2008 to 2012. And then I graduated from um, Florida State in 2014. So I am 31. So I kind of went... I went straight through everything because it was just like, sure, why not? So I went straight from graduating, going to graduating college, graduating grad school, getting married, a year later having a kid, a couple of years later having another kid. <laughs> and so I kind of just like went with the flow. The first kid was like, if it happens, it happens. And so again, like paper was just a hobby to me. It was just something that I clung to. It was something that, you know, it kept me grounded through all of those like, those experiences. And I think that was the, really the only thing that kept me fully connected back to the culture because I was like, okay, this is so unique. This is so quality. This is something I can afford. And so every time I would go back to California, I'm like, okay, can I hoard all of these things? And this is back before you could easily access anything on like jet pens or Amazon. <laughs> and so I was just like clinging to all of this stuff. And I'm like, okay, my dream is to go to Japan and then hoard all of those things and bring it back. But to me, it almost sounds like it was like a safe space to explore your heritage. It really was. And it was really one of those things because so I'm Filipino. And so with Asian stationery, it was more of the overarching generic acceptance of being what what is being an Asian, what is acceptable of being an Asian. And for different subsets of the culture, you know, it can look different, but usually the same stereotypes and thought processes and family traditions are the same. And that's primarily because it's a, you're coming from a generation of immigrants. And so coming from that, you have this mindset, it's like, okay, they put in all this work, all this sacrifice just to get here. And they, they took the jobs that nobody wanted. They, they worked their butts off. If, even if they got a degree, it wasn't transferable over to the state. So they had to do it all over again. And they did that for you. So you can have a successful and easy life. And so that's why you see there's a lot of pressure on e the first and second generations of these these immigrants and being like, oh, happiness in term achieving happiness within my career is not a thing because I have to think about how to provide for my family and also pay back my my parents and my grandparents for making that ultimate sacrifice. So, which is there's nothing wrong with wanting to support your family by all means. Like, yes, I'm all for that, but. There is something to be said about, you know, sacrifice for sacrifice does not equal happiness. <laughs> and so, you know, that it's weird because now I'm at, I'm at an age where I'm now a parent of a six and two-year-old and my six-year-old is at the age where I discovered stationery. And he like looks at all my stuff and my husband's like, don't touch, you're not supposed to touch because, you know, Mr. Yuck is out there. And he's just like ooing and aahing over it. And I'm just like, this like warms my heart. I absolutely love this. 
But oh, you're yeah. going to be buying kids planners in like a hot second. We're going to take a very quick break and then we are going to continue the life story because I'm greatly enjoying it. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back. So let's see, where are we? You finished grad school. You're finished grad school, in yeah. Florida or North Carolina at this point? We're in Florida at this point. So I moved to Tampa. And my husband, about a year and a half into my first child's life, he had a, what we call a, a TDY. So basically a a nice deployment <laughs> overseas, but it was for a year. And I had gone through really bad postpartum depression. And so I already had like kind of this strained relationship of being able to take care of, of my son and with him, with my husband leaving and me being alone in this place without any family nearby. 
I was stressing out. And so I was like, okay, how, what am I going to do? How am I going to like structure my life? And that's kind of where I I started to really throw myself into the planner community, which, you know, you know, the online community, there's so many people now. And like, even back, this was back in, let me see, 2006. 15, 16, yeah, 2016. So it was just starting to kind of ramp up at that point. But I was able to find, you know, friends and support and like, okay, how do you use your planners or your notebooks for your mental health? And it was kind of one of those things where, you know, if I was feeling really sad or really upset or really down and depressed, I would just start, I would go back to my planner. I would go back to my notebooks because it was one of those like, okay, I want to be thinking not about the past, but I want to think about the future. What do I have in store after the separation is over? What do I have for to look next that can keep me going? And that kind of helped me manage that depression and anxiety over that year. And then we had a cross-country move (laughs) right after he returned. So I was just like, okay, I can't catch a break. Got to move again. Yeah, <laughs> it's military life. We got too complacent. We were in Tampa for like six years. That's usually not the case. And so we were we were doing all of that. So we were doing all of that, went to California. And then that was around the time that we were like, okay, if we're going to have a second kid, got to have a second kid. Again, military mindset. We're like, okay, we, I mean, we can't plan too far in, out in the future, but we do have to start thinking about this. And pretty much like right after Everett was born, COVID hit. So with COVID, I was extremely lucky because, you know, working in higher education, I was an academic advisor at the time. I was still considered necessary staff. So I didn't, I was very fortunate to be able to keep my job. We were still able to do it remotely. Um, We lived on base because California can't live off base because it's ridiculously expensive. And it was also not the nice part of California. So you don't want to leave base anyway. It's like I was three hours away from LA, three hours away from San Francisco, an hour away from the closest university. So you can imagine it was stressful and I was grateful for the virtual work. But yeah, so we did all that. And then my husband was trying really hard for us to get back to North Carolina because we were all just upset with being so far away from all of our families in North Carolina, like my parents his parents, his sister's actually moving back up here. And so we were just like, okay, what can we do to get back? And he was working so hard to finally get cross-trained over so that we would be eligible to move. And after many, many meetings, we finally were able to move back. So we just moved back to North Carolina last summer, obviously still in the middle of the pandemic and still stressing out. And then the stimulus And you moved to Cary, right? We moved to, we moved to Clayton. So Clayton, the deal okay. was You that- know I'm like a native, like I, I lived in Durham and then Chapel Hill for 11 years and my sister oh, yeah, lives in Cary. Right. So yeah. I know North, I yeah. love North Carolina. Like that's, I, yeah. So I feel like I'm jealous of you every time you talk about your <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in Cary, but we were like, okay, what is fair? Because he's based out of Seymour Johnson. And I'm like, I'm not living in Goldsboro. Goldsboro's in the middle of nowhere. I'm not returning to that. And he's like, well, that's fine because I want to go to Raleigh because I need my Canes games. And so I was just like, oh, Clayton's about 45, 50 minutes away. And I was lucky enough to get a job at NC State. So I was like, oh, that's an easy commute. Like 20 minutes, that's, everyone's like, oh, that's gonna be so much traffic. I'm like, please, I've been doing an hour commute there and 
like to my work and back up and down mountains. This is nothing. <laughs> so I will take. So yeah, so we managed to be able to come back. It's been so great. The kids have been loving it. And, you know, obviously we have all this time to ourselves to kind of just like think about things. And then the stimulus checks came. And again, both my husband and I are extremely blessed to have been able to keep our jobs. I know that not everyone is as fortunate. And I was like, okay, well, what are we going to do with these? And I was like, oh, we could pay off debt. We can, you know, put payments towards a car. We can get new furniture. And my husband's like, you know what, for as long as I've known you. And at that time, it was like we had been together for about 10-ish years. So if you're including our dating and marriage, like it was, we were together for about 10-ish years. It's like, you know, you've been talking about the stationery store for like as long as I've known you. And I know you really love it. And you've given up so much for our family and for everything with your career and your mental health and your body and everything that I really want you to do something for yourself. And so he was kind of the Kickstarter to to actually putting this plan into motion. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel. Let's just put it to the side and let me think about it. And then like, as if a sign just like hit my face, I got like across my feed a notice about this woman's grant, business grant. And it was like, oh, it's super simple. You fill this out. It's like, you don't have to have a formal business plan. So I started actually like going through the motions of writing it out and looking at it. And I was like, oh, okay. I have like an actual plan, but I'm not ready to like do a brick and mortar. Like who has that kind of money right now? It's like, yeah, you can get started up with a stimulus check, but you can, that's not sustainable for a brick and mortar. And like, no one's going into stores nowadays anyways. And around the same time is when the whole paper source debacle happened. Did you hear about that? I do not know about the paper source debacle. Tell me about it. Okay. So huh, here's the tea. Obviously, a lot of the small businesses have been struggling over the course of the pandemic, especially those who are artists, uh, makers, creators. And paper stores has been one of those places that has definitely uplifted those same small business businesses, creators, and artists. And so around February-ish, they put in like thousands of dollars of orders to all these different small business creatives. And of course, they're excited. They're like, this is our first big purchase in within the whole year of the pandemic. And they're like, okay, not only are we putting this in, but we need you to rush order it and push it out. So a lot of these people are like, okay, yeah, sure, we can do that for for this. By the time they had everything packed and shipped out to Paper Source, Paper Source had announced that they were filing for bankruptcy. Yeah. What? So yes. And so for larger corporations, there's this thing called net 60 or net 90 terms. Paper source was under net 90 terms, which means that they were not obligated to pay out that amount to the artist until 90 days out. Obviously, with them declaring bankruptcy, legally, these small businesses were not allowed to collect or request for collection for that money. So these small businesses, which were already hurting, are now out thousands and thousands of dollars of product that puts them further in the hole. And then it got worse. (laughs) They, you know, talked to the CEO And the CEO was like, okay, cool. Here's what we'll do since we're working out with bankruptcy court. If you agree to sign 
back with us for two more years of working with us, we'll pay you 25% of the invoice. That doesn't sound acceptable. (laughs) It was not. I mean, some, some folks did because that was their main stream of income, but it really hurt a lot of the women makers in the industry, small business owners and artists. And that kind of like prompted me. I was like, you know, there really needs to be like other smaller businesses supporting and advocating. And I look around, Carrie, you would think in the 15 years since I had moved to here with the population boom and all the growth and, you know, all the progression that we've made in diversity, that there would be more of this type of store. And there isn't. And that's, that shocked me. I was like, Raleigh's like one of the happiest places in the world. Everyone says, go work there. You're going to be great. There's sports. There's, you know, there's things to do. If you want mountains, you've got mountains. If you want beach, you got beach. If you want city, you got city. And I was like, even further, I was like, why is there no Japanese stationery store around here? <laughs> I'm almost glad there wasn't because I would have like graduated in a lot of debt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was just like, okay. So I'm like getting sign after sign after sign. I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. We're, we're really going to do this. So I started, you know, researching. It's like, how, like the startup stuff, I'm sure, you know, it's no joke trying to just get a name, first of all, and then getting all the items. But yeah, in, in short, <laughs> that is my life story. And that's, that's really how Honey Press came to be is out of, out of that growth and out of that, I'm starting to kind of accept and own into my culture. And so like the products I carry, there's a lot of uh, obviously Asian stationery, but I source from mainly woman owned and BIPOC artists and a lot of Filipino and Asian artists. Like I have like the Filipino sun as one of my stuff. And I have different like Korean washi tape with the language on it and it's just so fun when I go out to markets and I see people be like, oh my gosh, I recognize this. Oh, it's like, are you Filipino? Because we're so racially ambiguous. So I'm like, yes, I'm Filipino. Yay. And so, yeah, it's been more of an acceptance into that. And so, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know that was like really well Are there any big Filipino brands? Because I, I apologize. I don't, I don't feel like I know that landscape. So there aren't. There's not a lot of, <laughs> probably the, the biggest Filipino brand that you've ever heard of is, they pronounce it, Salampas. <laughs> so that he, that, that's a Filipino brand, but that, that's like the most recognizable. It's it's Salampas. So, but yeah, if, for those of you who don't know, it's like one of those Bengay heat patches <laughs> that you put on, you know, if you're sore on your back or your lower back or any joint. But that's about the biggest brand. So No big planner companies or anything. No not big yet, planner anyway. companies, not yet. <laughs> No big paper companies. It, it was just mostly like Filipino-American artists that were really putting kind of the culture out there. And I've actually been following a couple of them for years before I started Honey Press. And I was just like, I know one day if I ever open something, I want them to be a part of the shop. And it's been so fun because we'll just talk about uh like random Filipino traditions. Like, do you remember wh- when you were younger and they made us sing karaoke and we didn't want to it's just like random stuff like that (laughs) I love it oh my goodness okay so now I understand the genesis of honey press so much better than I ever did before and I'm so glad to learn all of that heritage of the shop 
So let's talk a little bit about what you carry. So you've mentioned some of the smaller artists, and I definitely see you leaning towards the snarkier um, (laughs) pieces at times, which I love. And then it also, you seem to carry a wide variety of some certain Japanese brands. So tell me Mm -hmm. how that came to be. So... It was kind of hard for me in the beginning picking out inventory because obviously I had this mindset. I'm like, okay, 50% is going to be Japanese stationery and then 50% is going to be small uh, women-owned businesses, which most of the creatives and stationery are women-owned businesses. And it's, you find that once you get started and you look at stuff, it's really overwhelming and you're like, oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. And then you're like, oh, I have no more money. <laughs> so I kind of lost track of what it was that I was trying to focus in on, but I'm, I'm back to it now. It took a couple of months. So obviously uh, with Japanese stationery, it's pretty easy to spot, you know, the typical brands. You have Kokuyo who have the Jibun Techos. I really wanted to get Hobonichi, but they're like, no, you have to have a brick and mortar shop for that. So fingers crossed one day I will have Hobonichi. You've got your typical like Uniball, Pentel. And it's interesting because in certain markets, the way that things work is that the you, each big company has their own corporation in different countries. So you have Pilot USA and you have Pilot Japan. So sometimes they will only release items in Pilot Japan to all of their general population and they won't do that for Pilot USA. So in order to get those, you have to import from Japan to sell it independently. So it's not illegal, I promise. I've checked the laws. Um, that's how most of these smaller businesses where you're like, how did you get this? Why can't I find this in store? That's why you can't find it in store because but it's not But that's good in a way because yeah. you want to offer something unique that is not, mm-hmm. you know, we all know there's other channels, but I think it's really, really cool that you can have a one-stop shop for a number one, all these handpicked local things, but also these things that are not that easy to, I can't easily like ship something from Japan to my house, but I can order it from Honey Press. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. And so that was kind of the idea there. So I always make sure like with like all the pens, with the exception of a few that are coming in, are strictly from Japan. They aren't anything that you can find in store. Mild liners have become this huge phenomenon. You can find a pack of them at Walmart and Target nowadays, which makes me really sad, but you know, great for everybody else. But they don't have like the five sets or if they do have the five sets, it's not like those summer colors, which is my favorite one. So I stocked those summer colors, the five pack. I didn't do them individually because you can get that at any Michaels. But I was like, okay, you know, it's just a bundle. It's already here. So here you go. So that's gone really well. I've got these like propus highlighters that have a little window in them. So if for any of students, if you like to highlight your textbooks and you're like, oh, shoot, I over highlighted this will help you. You can actually see through it and and stop where you need to. <laughs> so that's kind of how I started with, with the Japanese and Asian stationery. I'm, I'm still slowly expanding there because I, I'm experimenting with like what's popular and what's not. So I never get more than 10 items at a time for inventory. So sometimes once it's sold out, it's sold out. But if it's super popular, I'll keep it going. But it's, it makes it highly curated and it makes yes. it so it's kind of an adventure. I, do, I have noticed that the shop changes and I think yes. that's really fun. It would, <laughs> it would especially be fun if there was a brick and mortar one, I, I got to say. <laughs> 
Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, awesome. So the other half of my business, it really is kind of, uh, these products are a reflection of me. There's something of me in every single one of these. So the easiest thing to spot is obviously the little snarky things. Like I have a, I'm an introvert, but I'm snarky about it. So like for the people that are close to me, like we have this like snarky banter back and forth. And so I love that. I love puns. So you'll find a lot of puns with the cards and pens that I use. I did come from a STEM background. I was a STEM advisor for the longest time. I told you I was pre-med for a hot minute. I was, and then I was a biomed medical sciences advisor, physics advisor, most recently a first year life sciences advisor. So like, I'm like, okay, yeah, STEM, let's go STEM. So we kind of pushed that out. Then again, like all the different cultural things, like I just recently got into K-pop within the last year. I guess that the (laughs) the pandemic did that to me. So I have some BTS items. I've got like Hawaiian cards and sticker sheets because I used to dance hula when I was little. I have stickers about and little like booklets about mental health because that is something, like I said, stationary was a big grounding. It was a big grounder for me in my journey with through mental health. Like it's my journey with mental health is definitely not over, but it's still something that grounds me to this day. So I always want to be an advocate for that. And that's why I have those items in there. And then you have like little things like, oh, North Carolina, we got to have the North Carolina pride out there. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and throw those things in there. So like, it really is just a reflection of me. It's a mirror of me. So it's such an honor when people are like, I love your store. I love all your items because I feel like it's like, it's basically, I love you because this is me. It really is me. And like those who are close to me, they're like, yeah, it definitely screams you. <laughs> like this is you Aww. in a nutshell. I love it. Well, for the, I'm sure everyone listening to this has already pulled up your shop on their phone. (laughs) Um, And by the way, this is completely non-sponsored content. We did, uh, Karina actually did have an ad on our show in a prior episode, but this is unrelated to that. Um, But I want you to tell everybody about your Jibun Checho offerings, um, because I know there are some out there who may or may not have selected their 2022 planners yet. And so I yes. want them to hear about these new and exciting options that you carry. Yes. And so this is my first time doing this. I was kind of late to the game, which is why my shipment came in so late. <laughs> like every, every, the pre-order started in August. People were starting to get them from other companies like mid-September. And I wasn't able to do, ship them out until late September because I was at the end of that list. So that was an experience. But yes, I, I do still have plenty of Jibuns left in stock. So you have your standard A5 Slim Jibun Techo diary. So that's pretty much your standard one that has all the list pages. You have the monthly. Let me see. I have like a million over here. It's like you have the monthly view and then you have the weekly view with the timelines. And But it's all the months are in the front and then you have the weeks following. And then, yeah. Like Hobonichi. Like, yeah, like Hobonichi. <laughs> and are these, you, the only one that I've seen in person is the Biz, but you carry the regular, do you carry both? I don't carry the Biz. I carry the the regular one. And I have those in, I want to say yellow and gray. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I got to look at my, <laughs> I'm like, what do I have? 
I've gotten to this point where... And there are a couple other sizes, if I remember correctly. Like, is there B6 yeah. as well? Or So, okay, here we go. So, Jibuntecho Diary, I have in indigo, so basically navy, and the gray one, it, or, and I have it in yellow. So, indigo and yellow for the regular diary. Then we have the Jibuntecho Light Mini, so that's a B6 slim. So it's more condensed, obviously, from the mini and light. You don't have quite as many of those intro list pages. You, there's a couple in there for you to customize for whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's like a yearly to-do, traditions, birthdays, whatever you want to make it, you can. Um, and then it has the monthly spread in the beginning. And on those monthly spreads, of course, it's smaller, but at the bottom you have habit trackers that you you can do for the entire month. And there's like, I think six or seven lines of habits that you can write in there. So I use mine for like social media or sales, pop-ups, emails, you know, things like that, just to keep me on track of what I'm doing. It's like, okay, did I make a sale today? Great. Did I not make a sale today? Still great. I'm I'm still in business. (laughs) So (laughs) that's how I use it. But it's kind of nice because, you know, I mean, both of these, you can like really just throw it in your bag and it's cool. Yeah, I was going to say, even the one that's not quote unquote light, like the, if you are somebody who's like, I want a lot of features, but I want it to just be like this little, I don't know, it fits almost like in a purse, especially the B6. Yeah. I would say other than like a Hobonichi A6, these are Mm -hmm. even more compact than that because they're weekly and not daily, although they do have a daily now. Yeah, they do have a daily. So they had it. So they started daily last year and it was in the B6 slim size. So the monthly layout is the same as the light where it has the months in the beginning and you have all the habit trackers at the bottom. But it's great because each individual page, it has a timeline that goes down to the middle and on the left side, you have basically blank space, but they have like little check boxes. So if you want to make it into a list, you can, but you can really use whatever you want with that. Then on the other side, you can track your schedule and even on that timeline, it goes into like a T at the top. You can track the weather and I'm trying to see. It's like, and then there's like a little space at the bottom. Like if you wanted to talk about your highs, lows and item and generics, it has like a happy face, a serious face and a sad face. <laughs> so it's, it's really fun like that. So they, they debuted the um, B6 Slim days last year. And so the big launch for this year is for the regular days to come out. So the A5 Slim, because obviously everyone's like, I write big, I need more space. So now they offer both the A5 regular and now they're calling the B6 Slim the Days Mini. And I carry both of those. Um, Right now, I only have the days, the regular days in yellow. And then the mini in red. I I did I picked two colors for each for each one, but the blue <laughs> sold out the quickest, and then the gray sold out the quickest for the regular days coloring. I have to say I do really like the paper in Kokuyo. Yes, I yeah prefer it to Hobonichi paper. Actually, I'm not sure how I, the layouts are a little busier and some people like that because it's kind of like they have more features. Mm-hmm. The paper is lovely and I find it less smudge prone. Yes, it is so smooth. Like anyone who knows Japanese stationery, like, that's the first thing you go to. You just want to like stroke it. It's weird, but that's just a thing that we do. And it's very smooth. It is thin. So for those of you who are used to like Erin Condren or Plum Paper, 
it definitely goes, but if you use the right pen, so if you if you err on the side of going like more ballpoint fine point, so like I use a Jetstream 0.38 and it doesn't go, so it's fine. It's perfectly fine and it doesn't smudge. But if I were to use like a, a me gel, even though it's Kokuyo and it's 0.5, you have to leave it out a little bit longer to dry before you turn the page because it will smear. That's a very juicy pen, though. It is. I like yeah. it. I, I know it. I feel like it had a huge, it was like, a, it was huge. everyone was using them. It was cloth and paper. It. They're the ones who introduced it to the plant yes, community. Yes, yes. And it's a very pretty pen. And it, it does, if anybody's ever tried it, hasn't tried it and it's interested, it has this nice flat part in the barrel. It makes it easier to hold. But mm-hmm. this is not what I'm, this is, I pref- like, I think it's a competitor to the Pentel Energel Clena. And I think the Clena wins. Oh, we both <laughs> energel. <laughs> I think the Clena wins every time. But it it is it is. I can see why people like it. But for me, it's a little it's a little juicy. <laughs> yeah, I always write messy in that one because it's so slick. Like someone asked me to do ASMR for the pen with the paper. I'm like, you're not going to get any ASMR because it's so smooth. <laughs> it's just you're, you're right. Look it would at be it and there's no it would sound. be silent. <laughs> You'd have to have like a super powered mic or something like that. Right. Oh my gosh, Karina, I think this is my longest episode ever. You should be honored. But I still, <laughs> I still want you to talk about your 2022. What you think you're going to use for next year, or if you're completely undecided, that's that's okay too. I've changed it for the millionth time, but I think I finally settled. I'm feeling good about it. So originally, I would like I love Amplify Planner. Amplify Planner was my perfect planner, aside from having to buy four different ones because you can change the color of the cover. It's spiral bound, beautiful paper. You have a monthly a weekly and daily. And now you can actually choose between horizontal and vertical for the weekly. And in the daily, you have plenty of space for notes. That's my big thing. I write a lot of notes. And I'm like, I just want it to be all in one place. So it's great. The size, it's a little bit too big for me, but you know, you get what you get. But this year I'm going to be actually focusing a lot more on actually writing in my jibun. And I'm going to do the days, the regular days, so the A5 Slim. And that's going to be my, my, my day job and home life planner. So I'm going to have everything in that. I'm really excited. I'm actually, I'm not sure if it'll be out by the time that this, this episode I'll post, but I am working on getting a YouTube channel up that I can do plan with me's on, which I've never done a plan with me before. So it'll probably just be me awkwardly rambling over writing. <laughs> so I have that. And then I have what's called the Ehon diary, which I also carry. This for those of you who are like, I just need a monthly planner, but I also need a lot of notes. This is basically your answer to that. So both the Eon Ehon diary and the drawing diary, both of which I carry, they have the monthly views starting in December of 2021 all the way until January 2023. So you have the monthly views spanning out all at the beginning. And then right after that, you have basically the two, that's one third of the notebook. The rest of two thirds of the notebook is just blank pages. So with the drawing diary, it's grid. Um, With the Ehan diary, you have like soft pastel images in the background, but it's basically a blank space. So because I like all those little images and I also like the fonts on it that I'm going with the Ehan diary and that's going to be my social media slash honey press planner. 
So I have awesome. That. When you say blank, you mean like no lines? Or they're like fake there's no lines, lines as well so or dot grid? Oh, nothing. So there's no lines. There's images in the background but that you can just write over. It's it's very pastel. It's like a faint, I think, like coral, faint coral, grayish colors that they use for the background pictures. But they're very pretty. And I was just like, yeah, I can write over it. It's fine. There's no dot grid for this one. There is a grid for the drawing diary. So that's a little bit more formal. And then... I have one of my soft ring Kokuyo campus notebooks that I'm using for budgeting and all things money. I was going to try to incorporate that into my regular planner. And that's why I was going to do the amplify. And I was like, no, my brain just doesn't work like that. It needs to be separate. Like I need to be able to carry it with me, even if I don't have my planner on hand. So right now that is my planner stack. I'm trying to hold on to it, but with all the planner launches that are coming out, (sighs) FOMO is going to be so real. I get it. Fully, fully get it, obviously. Oh my goodness. Well, Karina, it has been a pleasure having you on. Remind our listeners where they can find you other than your store, which I'm just going to tell everyone is honeypress.nc and you can browse to your heart's content. But you're also on Insta. Is that right? And you said soon YouTube. Yeah, soon YouTube. So yeah, honeypress-nc.com is our website that you can shop, holiday shop will be launching October 25th. And then um, Instagram is at honeypress.nc, same with Facebook. And um, I can actually announce this because this is not going to launch until later. Uh, We will actually have a temporary retail brick and mortar location starting next week. So I think October, I want to say 19th, 20th, uh, we're going to have a location in Raleigh that you can actually come into the store and touch all the fun things and shop in person. And how long will this be there? Because I'm coming to North Carolina around Thanksgiving. So, oh well, it will be up then. It will have it won't have everything, but it'll have a good chunk. There'll still be pens and notebooks and planners there for you to touch and play with and shop. That's going to be the closest to a brick and mortar that I'm going to have for the next few years. And right now we have we have the shelf space until through the end of 2021. And then we're going to revisit in the new year to see if we can continue on with that partnership. It's going to be with the Hartwell and Raleigh. That is so, so exciting. Congratulations Thank on that. Thank you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And maybe we'll have to have you next year as you release more offerings for next planner season. I would love Um, that. But this was fantastic. Thank you so much, Sarah. Well, that was so much fun having her on. I hope you all enjoyed hearing that. I will be back next week with some more reviews. Um, Although I am waiting for one of the products to arrive from Australia. So I hope it arrives on time. We will see. I will continue to take requests for planner matchups or topics, and we'll try to get to those as soon as we can. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful Monday if you're listening to this on the day it was released, and enjoy your week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.